السلام عليكم ورحمة الله إن الحمد لله رب العالمين وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الكريم المصطفى وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبع لا هدانا إلا أن هدانا الله. So firstly, let's speak about what Allah says in chapter two, verse one ninety-five, via Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter of the Cow, in which Allah says. And don't be led to destruction via your own hands. Meaning, meaning, don't allow anything that we do in terms of character and behavior cause us to be self-destructive or to destroy others. And then also, one of the things that Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, he said, there is no harm and there's no self-harm. Meaning, we're not allowed Islamically to impose harm upon others and we're not Islamically allowed to have harm imposed upon ourselves. And then also, just one particular thing also, is that one of the companions, may Allah be pleased with them, they asked Muhammad, peace be upon him, O Messenger of Allah, advise me. And he said, La taghdab. He said, don't get angry. And then he asked him again. He said, advise me again. Tell me something different. Tell me something else. He said, don't get angry. And then he said, okay, tell me something else. Tell me again. He said, don't get angry. This person asked him, advise me. And he told him, don't get angry three times. There's a very important lesson in that. Now, from my field, in terms of behavioral science, human behavior, psychology, um, chaplaincy, counseling, therapy, it's a known fact, it's a known human behavioral, behavioral scientific fact that once we allow ourselves to get angry, we become intellectually compromised. We stop thinking, like we black out, right? Anger is the only psycho-emotion where once you manifest it, you are no longer in control. You are completely intellectually compromised. This is how and why Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, don't get angry. And he had this knowledge of this fact 14 centuries before what we know as modern psychology and modern psychiatry and behavioral science, human behavior, Allah had imparted that knowledge upon him through a tanzil revelation prior to all of these modern scientific know-how, prior to all of these behavioral scientific human behavioral advances in knowing the human psyche, the human mind, and the human heart. Prior to all of these advancements, Allah had given this knowledge to the NBA, prophetic individuals, peace be upon them all together. And this is how they advised the people who they were sent to, right? So being able to keep your composure under pressure is very important. And um, myself, Gareth Bryant, speaking to my brother, Matik McCall, this is how and why it's important to adhere to anything and everything that Al-Islam stands for as much as humanly possible, because it is a salvation for us. It's, 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 it's a savior. It's our salvation. It's our savior. Well, we know Allah is our savior, and then he gives us Al-Islam as salvation. So, now... A thing with coping with the anger, right? Some people are saying, you know, take deep breaths or go for a walk or, um, you know, yoga or exercising. What are some stress relievers for people? Because sometimes, you know, those are temporary solutions, but people are constantly thinking about things and they can't get what they're thinking about out of their head, so it gets them angry again. What are key tools to 
keep your mind focused on doing things that's positive? That's a good question. I'm glad that you mentioned those things, right? Like you said, we have to have the backstory. We have to have the backdrop. Like I mentioned in the beginning, many of us come from angry environments. We come from angry societies. We live in a very angry world, right? Where a lot of ang- where a lot where a lot of things happen that causes us to acquire anger, right? Now, with that being said. You can never um, gloss over a situation without getting to the root cause. Like, oftentimes, a lot of us, what you mentioned about, like, yoga or sitting down or lying down or taking a shower or cool off, those are just, um, how should I say, remedies, but they're not cures for the issue, right? Like you said, there are temporary reliefs, right? But we can't just settle for temporary reliefs. We have to get to the root cause of something in order to completely arrive at a space of of healing, right? Now, with that being said, many of our postures in terms of how we allow ourselves to arrive to anger, how we allow ourselves to handle or deal with anger, almost all of these things are a result of social inheritance. Like, for example, some people come out the womb angry as hell. Some people, seriously, some people come out the womb angry. In fact, Muhammad, peace be upon him, he mentioned, he said, one of the four things that are documented by the angels who accompany the soul from the pre-mundane into the mundane, into the wounds of our mothers, one of the four things documented is a person's temperament, a person's character and behavior, whether or not they're going to be a pleasant person or a wretched person, whether they're going to be a happy person or a miserable person. That's pre-recorded prior to their birth, right? Now, we're not saying that that can't change, but that's initially what's recorded, right? So with that being said, we are automatically out the gate. Allah is informing us through revelation that there are some people they're always going to be angry as hell and some people are always going to be very happy right but at the same time we have to make choices as to whether we remain happy or become happy or whether we become miserable or remain miserable right and again like I said going, going back to the fact of the reality of social inheritance it's a known fact that from the time that the sense of asama of hearing is enacted in the wounds of our mothers from the second trimester up until age 10, any and all human experiences will, in fact, have the potential to directly affect us for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So, right, there, you know, the, diff- the different postures, right, of when you are, when you are standing up, right, you have a more chance of being defiant to someone, right? Yeah. So you're like, you're what? Da, 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 da. You know, you, you're standing up to this person, so you have the 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 the, uh, the mentality like I'm standing, right? So when you're sitting down, right? When you're sitting down like this, you have more of a receptive thing. This is why the teacher is standing up in school and you're sitting down. And not everyone's standing up and the teacher's sitting down. Right. So now you have the receptive there. When someone is laying down, they tend to be more calm. So I remember a, a while back, um, I was advised. I was advised by a brother, right, when I get angry to lay down. Um, now, this brother said that... Um, is a scientific thing behind it and it was a thing that that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said now me personally I haven't I haven't looked up the hadith or anything like that right? no the, the narration is authentic yeah. Muhammad peace him, he said some of, some of the methods the remedies for anger he said if you find yourself angry and, and if you're stood sit 
Yeah. And if you're sitting, if you're seated and you're still angry, then lie down. Right down. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that was a, actually a thing for me was to lie down because when I get angry and then I start tossing and turning and I'm stressing up about it, for some reason that stress makes me tired. Of that's course, just me because it it's energy. It's yeah. energy. It makes me tired. So I'm you have to remember, any, anything and everything that's manifested via character and behavior, it costs energy. Yeah. It, it takes energy. Like everything takes energy. You know what I'm saying? It takes energy and it takes time. So what you mentioned about you expending energy—that's real. And the irony is that it literally takes more energy to manifest anger. Than calmness. It's a known fact. Just like it's a known fact that you lose, you, you use rather, you use less facial muscles when you smile as opposed to when you frown. That that's like a known fact. Like you know, like you make you make a frown. Yeah. How like how like tense and tough your facial muscles are. You ever notice? Like you make a frown right now. You know what I'm saying? But then you make a smile. It's literally easy. <laughs> like, like literally, yeah. Nah, yeah, it was. It, yeah, it just felt kind of. It just felt kind of different. Just like the smile, it just feels more natural. Yeah, it, exactly. It feel like I got to squint my eyes. And yeah. Just, yeah, like you're, yeah, you're, yeah, literally, yeah. you're literally using more facial muscles to make a frown than to make a smile. Yeah. Like literally, you're using more energy to be angry or to frown than you are to be pleasant and calm and to smile. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't sit there and think about that. I really didn't think about that aspect of it. Um, I really didn't think about that aspect of it, but um, it's really it's, it's authentic because I'm sitting there and the smile is just like the cheek is just easy. But when I'm sitting there and I'm frowning, I'm just like, I'm even looking at the you know, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, like the eyes just went in the yeah, you know, these is being moved. And the right. smile is just like you know, right. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and literally muscular function, it takes energy. Yeah. So you're literally using more energy. And there's more muscular function in your face to do this as opposed to this. Literally. And you you wrinkle more when you frown as opposed to when you smile. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. Like, you ever seen a person, they're very wrinkly? That's a sign that they've had a hard life. That's a sign that they've had a rough life. Some people are just miserable-ass people, and you can literally see it in their face based on, like, how they wrinkle, how they... You know what I'm saying? It's real. Like, yeah, that aura. Like, yeah, you know, they got this saying, right? And I don't want no one saying, like, oh, you know, they're the black racist Muslims, right? Because that's not who we are, right? But they got this saying that black don't crack unless you smoke it. And, you, know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, man, like, listen, man, you know, God knows best, but I, I have some relatives that are 70 years old, and they don't, you know, they look like they're about 40-something. They don't look like 70 years old. They, you know. Well, I mean, there's several factors to that. Number one, obviously, the mercy of Allah via genetics. Yeah. And then lifestyle. You, ha- you have to choose what your lifestyle is going to be. We have to make choices as to whether we're happy versus miserable. Like, I tell people all the time because it's true. No one can make you happy, but anyone can make you miserable. Yeah. Because when it comes to when it comes to a sa'ada, right? Unlike al matah, al matah is joy, right? So al matah by its nature means something that's temporary, something that'll last, right? 
just like adunya, the word adunya, the mundane. Adunya literally means something that perishes, something that expires. So al-mata'ah, joy, is the same thing. It's something that's very short, very temporary. But as-sa'ada, happiness, the very existence of as-sa'ada means something that's prolonged, something that's extended, something that's long-lasting, and something that's potentially everlasting. Because Allah mentions in the Quran that those who achieve paradise will acquire as-sa'ada. They will be happy people. They will, they will acquire happiness. You know what I'm saying? So obviously we don't just want joy. We don't want. Just, we don't just want a psycho-emotional quick fix. We want psycho-emotional healing. We want that healing to be long-lasting. You know what I'm saying? So, but that can't be achieved unless we make the choices to improve and get better. Just like when Allah says in Surah Al-Hud, right? The chapter of Eber, chapter 13, verse 11. Allah says. Verily, Allah doesn't change what's within any people unless until they change what's within themselves. So that means if you're a miserable ass person already, Allah's not going to change your misery to happiness unless you take the steps to change from misery to happiness. And then vice versa. If you're happy, Allah out of his justice, he's not going to change you from happiness to misery misery unless you yourself change from happiness to misery. No, yeah, you know, it's like people they get up and you know, people say, "Oh, I want, I want to make a lot of money, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, right?" But it's what all the work that you're putting in for, for what you want. So, for instance, if you want to be a doctor, right? You got to be able to cut someone open to see some blood eventually. If you, you know, you you, you, you can't, can't be squeamish. You can't be yeah, squeamish. You can't yeah. stomach that type of stuff, and you know you can't stomach. If you if you see the dude get punched and you see his eyes swell up a little bit too much, you're like, oh, I don't like that. I don't. You know, just imagine how you're gonna react to you seeing like blood or someone dying. Yeah. You're professionally responsible to try to to save, save them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It don't make no sense. So, is you know to use your logic, you know people people think just that use religion, basic intelligence. Yeah, people think religion is just based on belief. Well, I believe that this is real, right? I feel you can believe that anything is real. People believe in science or whatever the case may be, right? Or just people have just beliefs. Period. Yeah. You have different types of beliefs. And now it's time for the food. Yeah. Food is here. Food is life. So um, we're gonna enjoy our um, our food. Maybe later on we'll keep on, but you know, speaking. Yeah, I mean, all of these things are just um, they're justifications for greater conversations about anger and how to deal with anger, just how to deal with life in general, and how we can all, as a community, as a society, as human beings, whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim, how we can cohabitate. And help one another, right? Achieve happiness and try to remove anger and misery and negativity from our lives. Like, for example, when Allah says, right? Allah says, and encourage one another via goodness and piety, but do not encourage one another via sin and enmity. So, we need to be the people who encourage one another via positivity and piety as opposed to. Thank you. Yo, wait, hold up. Mine's just not chopped up like that, right? No. All right, cool. Yeah, so we need to be on that wave, you know. So may Allah make us of those who are on that wave. May Allah make us of those who are people who help make our society better and not make our society worse. And may Allah make us of those who don't 
succumb to our psycho-emotional whims and our ego as a result of anger. May Allah make us of those who remain composed in the face of anger. May Allah make us of those who take the advice of Muhammad, peace be upon him, when he said, don't get angry.